Mm -hmm. I'm not 21 yet. I have to be 21 to buy a gun. Mm. All right. Well, let's go to the show. This talk is going nowhere. We're just trying to piss each other off. Just start. No. Okay. Here we go. Welcome to the Rebel Alliance Prison Room Podcast. We are here to podcast about anything and everything Star Wars with you. Please visit our website where you can play current and past episodes. That's HTTPS colon backslash backslash R-A-B-R Kyle That's R-A-B-R dot K-A-I-L-E-J-O-H-A-N-S-E-N dot U-S. On the left-hand side is a navigation menu. You can use this to learn how to load the Rebel Alliance Briefing Room podcast on your Android or Apple phone and tablet. And we have direct links to our podcast on Apple and Google Podcasts. Please participate by connecting to our social media, answering questions of the week, or submitting feedback directly from the site. Again, all of these are available at the Rebel Alliance Briefing Room website at R-A-B-R-K-A-I-L-E-J-O-H-A-N-S-E-N. Dot U.S. And now, it's time to talk Star Wars. I am Kyle John Johansson, and this is Andrew Scott Sutton. Say hello. 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 I took away the... No. I took away the question of the week from the website. Oh, wow. That is... This is my work laptop over here. See, it's all by itself. It's on... It's unplugged, you know. That's all I can show you. The rest of it's top secret. <laughs> yeah. Just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. Um. So today we'll be reviewing Star Wars. Uh, Soka. Funniest part about that whole uh, thing, that whole phone call. He asked me if I wanted a job. Uh huh. <laughs> like yeah. what? Uh, Ahsoka Part 1, Master and Apprentice. Um, we'll do a recap and discuss it. And I have some feedback, not necessarily from someone who sent us feedback directly, but from someone I just pulled off randomly off the internet. Uh, I think it was on Twitter, maybe. But, uh, so we're going to do that today. Pets. Huh? Pets? What? Pets. It's not Twitter Pets. no more. Oh, yeah, it's still Twitter. I don't care what they say. I don't care what they say. It's still Twitter. Watch out. They'll pull up your house. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, and so uh, let's do the clip thingy. If I can find it there. Just so people know. So that means there's going to be spoilers ahead. you got to watch the episode yourself. We're not going to watch it for you, so... Uh, you know, watch it and then come back to us. Wow. The the That's director the director of this episode was Dave Filoni, and he wrote the episode himself too. No, he didn't. No, he, he didn't. did. He did Steph. this episode. Steph, that was the second one. Stuff? That was the second episode. That was the second one. Oh. Promise me. So yeah, myself. He did the second I one. Uh, it was edited by Dana Glauberman. 
And the music was scored by Kevin Kinnear, who has pretty much been the go-to guy for Star Wars for since, uh, I guess, Williams retired. Um, pretty much, I think he started in Rebels is when he first, first had the uh, music from there. So then we've got the cast. There's a big, long line of people in this first episode. Um, so we've got Ahsoka, who is Rosario Dawson. Harrison Dula, which is Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Oh, my God. Um, Sabine Wren, which is Natasha Lou Borzido. Wow, uh, Natasha. Yeah, I like Hera better. Mary Elizabeth. Anyway, uh, Balin Skull, which is Ray Stevenson. Uh, Shin Hati, which is Ivana Shakino. Um, Professor Hen Henway. Hugway, I don't know how you say his name. The, but he's the ro he's the robot, David Tennant. Who's the uh uh since they're not since they're not Jedi, who, who's the female what's the female's name? Shinhati. Her name's Ivana Sakano. Spelt really weird. Swedish. Yeah, something. Uh Morgan Elizabeth Elizabeth is played by Deanna. Leah Ensenado. Morgan's the uh the witch, the, the witch right? Uh and then we see Ez Ezra Bridger in a hologram. Um he's played by Mark or not Mark uh Iman Isfandi. Captain Hale is Mark Robinson. Uh first officer Jensen Corbett is Shakira Biera. Uh Ryder Asadi which is the guy that was up on the top of the thing making the announcement with the beard, white beard and stuff. That is uh, Clancy Brown. Captain Porter is Matt Law. Uh, the navigation droid was Bonnie Wilde. Helms officer Cat Q Chin. Comms officer was PJ Joe Hall. Um, one of the assassin droid leaders was Helen, was voiced by Helen Sadler. Um, the comms officer we heard on the radio, uh, was David uh, W. Collins, Senator Jaquel, who had to fill in while they were looking for Sabine, is Vinnie Thomas, and Lieutenant Callahan was Michelle Weaver. So there's all that. So the robot, the, the robot that, that Jedi. Had the had the uh, lightsaber like the uh, oh god the the duel round that could, could throw it. They're not oh, considered. Wasn't... They're not considered uh, what you call it. They're just droids. No. Well, um, yeah, they were. Those were droids, but the the duel lightsaber was someone else. Um, and he wasn't actually technically listed in the, in the full line of cast, um, because they're trying to keep something secret there, but, um, wasn't that one he of those was, people? he was listed as, as the name of Merrick, which, and he's a human, um, is what they listed him at way. It was way deep in the credits and I, I missed wasn't it. So I didn't get it on the list, but his name is Merrick. Isn't he um, one of those people though? Yeah. The. Um, Inquisitors, yeah, yeah he's an yeah, inquisitor. Yeah, yeah, he's an inquisitor, yeah. and um, he's got 
ties way back, which, like I said, because I missed him and I found him recently. I haven't researched him completely, but um, I think he's got stuff. He's got inner circle of wrong. I know, but he's got um, history way back um, before movies, I think. I think he's got Old Republic uh, history. Old Republic? Yeah, which is before any of our movies um, even started. So pretty damn serious, too. Yeah, he was was pretty... uh, Of course, he didn't say anything, right? No, but... All right, let's do a quick commercial and then we'll do the episode recap hey you over there are you a trooper is your armor always dirty when do you find time to clean it did rebel scum scratch and damage it does your helmet communications keep acting up stop by aaron's armor sparkleorium before 1500 hours we will wash clean and sanitize your armor for the next day pickup mm. our patented galactic the ancient secret cleaning techniques will have your armor sparkling just like a new Cerulean Y-1300 freighter just off the assembly line. You'll be the envy of all your friends and co-workers from the castles on Lothal to the politicians on Coruscant to the environmentalists on Endor. Sabine needed that. next day, sir, stop by Aeron's yeah. Armor Sparkalorium. She we are located okay. in Tatooine's Moss Eisley Spaceport, directly across from Hangar 35. We will also repair and sell and sell most parts at the best rates in the known galaxy. All services guaranteed and licensed by the Emperor himself to last a lifetime. Only at Aeron's Armor Sparkalorium. We accept Imperial credits only. Helmets and boots are services are extra. Yeah, so her helmet would have been extra, but she probably paid it. Uh, all right. So again, we're reviewing Ahsoka Part One. It's called Master and Apprentice. Originally aired uh, August twenty uh, second. Is that right? Yeah, twenty second. Because they changed the date on us the last minute. Um, it was fifty seven minutes long, and this took place nine years after the Battle of Yavin. So nine years after the first Death Star blew up. Okay. Kind of get your idea there. Um, and this was a weird episode to start with because they had a opening crawl, right, Scott? Yeah. That surprised I you, too? I, I was I like, what the you. hell? I'm like, what the hell? This is not a movie. Um, but it, did, but it, didn't, it didn't scroll the same. It didn't no. scroll the same or anything. It was just like a page that it would come in. straight up. It yeah, yeah. scrolled straight up. There's no bend or nothing to no it. No angle. Yeah, no angle or nothing. No. Star Wars. Yeah. No, there was a, there was a little bit of music. There's a little there's a little bit of music in the background, but you could barely hear it. It was very very quiet. So I'm going to read it. It said, uh, "The Galactic Empire has fallen. A new republic has risen to take its place. However, sinister agents are already at work to undermine the fragile peace. A plot underway to find the lost." Imperial Grand Admiral Thrawn and bring him out of exile. Once presumed dead, rumors are spreading of Thrawn's return, which would galvanize the Imperial remnants and start another war. Former Jedi Knight Ahsoka Tano captured one of Thrawn's allies and learned of a secret map, which is vital to the enemy's plan. 
Ahsoka now searches for the map as her prisoner, Morgan Elizabeth, is transported to the New Republic for a trial. So how big a, how big a, which part, which part has Morgan Elizabeth up until this point been? It hasn't. Have we She's heard just, her name before? I don't think, well, I think she was in the, uh, remember in, um, the Mandalorian, I think it was, when Ahsoka showed up and she fought that lady with the the Beskar uh, staff. Okay, yeah. That was Morgan Elizabeth. Okay. That's when she captured her. Um, I don't know if we've seen her before. She might have been in Rebels, but I don't know. Um, she I, she could just be some random witch that's now in charge of the witches or something. I don't know. It did say it was a uh, uh, long lost uh, planet or community or something like that. So maybe she's like one of the only few left that are practicing the witch uh, craft thing that she's talking about. Because if if you remember from some of the shows, the witches mm-hmm. um, sort of had Jedi powers, but not really. The most of their powers were spells and stuff, right? Yeah. They kind of had, you know, like they could levitate things or other things, but they weren't, you know, super uh, crazy, you know, throwing things and whatever kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. They were just kind of minor I, powers. I, I'm just curious about these two that aren't that aren't Jedi but have powers. Yeah. Um in the uh descriptions of them say basically that they're uh they are bounty hunters basically. Oh bounty hunters. Um and Morgan Elizabeth is paying them to find uh you know, this map and Ahsoka and all that stuff, and Ahsoka's getting in the way. Um, and that's probably why their lightsabers are orange. Both of them are orange and not red, if you pay attention close enough. Um, the, uh, the Well, if you look at the Inquisitors, his was actually, it was red. It was oh, a lot yeah, darker that's color. Right. Okay. That's right. Yeah. Um, and those droids were a lot, um, were different colors, I think. Some of them had different colors, but anyway. So let's go through the episode starting out. The episode uh, on the transport traveling through space. We see the bridge and the navigator droid informs Captain Hale that their ship is entering sector G38. Ooh, a secret sector. She reports that an unidentified starship is approaching their transport. Uh-oh. The captain requests that the ships identi- identify themselves and transmit their clearance codes. A... Comms officer reports that the ship's crew are claiming to be Jedi and here to see the prisoner, and that they are transmitting an old Jedi signal. Hmm. The captain decides to call their bluff and dispatches security personnel to the hangar to meet the so-called Jedi. He Uh. gives the female officer command of the bridge in his absence. What? They're not so-called Jedi? They're claiming to be. They're claiming. You don't believe them? As the shuttle approaches the hangar, the captain leads a detachment of blue... Like the, I don't like the captain, by the way. I don't either. He seems arrogant. He does. But then captains kind of have to be, but... 
but you know, we'll, we'll see here in a second. He gets his due anyway. So, New Republic soldiers, including a Mon Calamari named Jakiris, to confront the Jedi. Two cloaked figures exit the shuttle. The bearded man, Balin Skull, thanks Hale for allowing them to board the ship. Hale says he is surprised to meet a Jedi out here in the middle of nowhere. When Skull remarks that their existence remains a mystery to most people, Hale says he does not buy their act and dismisses them as Imperial trash who have pushed their luck too far. Skull warns Hale that he is making a huge mistake. Hale says that the Imperials should have surrendered when they had their chance and the orders Jacaris and the RD3 to scan their identification. Skull offers to show their identification before monitoring. Yeah. Before motioning to the female apprentice Shin Hatu to attack the new rebel soldiers and the crew in the, with her, her orange lightsaber. She kicked her ass. Hale attempts to shoot the bearded man, but he uses the force to suspend his blaster. Skull agrees that he is no Jedi before stabbing the man in his torso with his orange lightsaber. So they called it out. Both of them got called out on orange lightsabers. Uh, back on the bridge, first officer Corbett receives news that the intruders have killed the captain. Oh, no. And they're headed to the detention block. Hottie forces her way onto the bridge and cuts down Corbett. Oh, no. They're both dead. Skull cuts down several New Republic soldiers with his lightsaber and force chokes one. The guy flies up in the air like like the Darth Vader scene that we've seen Mm -hmm. so many times. He opens his cell and finds bound Morgan Elizabeth in a yellow jumpsuit. Just like Princess Leia. Oh, I'm here to rescue you. What? You look like... Uh, no. The bearded man uses the force to remove That's her restraints. And Elizabeth <laughs> thanks Skull for his words. Uh, prompting Skull to say he is well paid for. Uh, by her, of course. Elizabeth reveals that the Jedi, Ahsoka Tano, who captured her is seeking a map to find Grand Admiral Thrawn. Uh-oh. Meanwhile, we see Ahsoka. She's uh, she's at the ruins of a a temple in Arcania, which uh, Arcania is one of those uh, planets that the witches yeah. um, uh, you know, lived on. Yeah. Uh, she approaches the ruins circled in the middle of the courtyard and uses her twin lightsabers to cut a hole below. She finds herself inside a stony chamber. That was so cool. Yeah. Chapunk. She does she doesn't even have lightsabers in her hands either. She just and it does it itself. Her Uh, handles are so cool. Yeah. She finds herself inside of a I I just I'm watching it now too. She uses, she throws them down and she uses the force to cut. Yeah, that's what I was just saying. Tano finds herself inside a stony chamber and gazes at a cloaked figure carved on the wall. She touches a cylinder, cylinder structure and turns it a few times. 
which causes the object of the heart of the carving to glow. Uh, she repeats the process with the four other figures chasing an chasing an altar with a rectangle stony object to rise from the floor. Whatever. She touches the stony box, which crumbles and reveals a golden orb. Hmm. She informs Professor Henway that she has found the object via her comlink, but transmits. But the transmissions are being jammed. Uh oh. Anna returns to the surface where her where she is confronted by red HK assassin droids who demand the map. Give it to me. She finds herself surrounded by five droids welding electrostaffs. Yeah, that's quite a few droids. Tano draws her twin lightsabers in defense, jumps back into the hole and creates created and uses her lightsaber to cut holes between the three of the three of the droids. And they fall back in too. Um returning to the surface, she fights the other two and cuts across the torso with her lightsabers. She beheads the fifth one. As the two droids emerge from the hole, the lead droid issues orders to initiate their self-destruct protocols. The other two droids comply, and Tano is forced to flee, because um, those are big bombs inside those things. Yeah. While I'm running, she, she, contacts, yeah, she con contacts Huang and tells her that the T-6 shuttle is above her position. She tells him to drop the ramp and the distance outside the ruins, and the two escape before the assassin droids unleash their fiery inferno that sweeps through the ruins. It was like a nuclear explosion or something, wasn't yeah. it? It was like huge. I like I, going back going back when she was getting the thing. I like how she eyeballed it and lined up the, the middle middle parts of those medallions on the things exactly. that went down. Yeah, we'll find out later, but that part confused me how she couldn't figure out how to decrypt the the map itself, because she basically did that when she was using those pillars, right? Mm -hmm. She was lining it up, and it would unlock it because she had it lined up just perfectly. And then, you know, I, I just couldn't figure out why she couldn't understand how to do that on the, the map itself. But I find it strange what they put the orb in. It's like sand or something. It's like black, the black sand, or yeah. I don't know. I don't know why that was that way either, but that's weird. Uh, let's see. Who made the map? Oh, that's the whole thing. When and when? When and who made the map? Um, it was either probably from what we find out later. It's probably Mary Elizabeth or Thrawn that probably made it. Um, so, all right. So inside the cockpit, Tano converses with Hanoi about their communications being difficult, who tells her that he kept the ship a safe distance in accordance with the Jedi mission protocols. She <laughs> replies that the Jedi order does not exist anymore. Dang it. When Hanoi says that he is, he has his programming and he has to follow it. She advises him to stick close and watch their back. That's, well, what, no, I, that's, what Jedi, that's what Jedi learned her Padawan for. Yeah. <laughs> that's exactly what he says. I, like, I love this droid. 
And he says, which I am not. Uh, mm -hmm. Tano tells Hanoi that he has found the map, or that he, she has found the map, and uh, based on Elizabeth's information, when Hanoi asks how she got Elizabeth to tell the truth, Tano replies that she she wasn't following Jedi protocol when she got her, the truth from her. Uh, later, shortly later, they receive an incoming transmission from the New Republic Fleet Command, who tells who then tells Tano and Hanoi that their recent attack about their recent attack via comms. Um, Tano and Hanoi then travel to Home One via hyperspace. Tano identifies their ship as T six. 1974. 1974. And the, and the fleet command clears them to land in hangar 29. 29. Inside the hangar, General Hera Sandilla greets them and informs them about the loss of Elizabeth. Which they lost her. They didn't kill her. Uh, Sandula has prepared a briefing for Tano to catch up in the briefing and Sandula tells Tano and Honoi about the damages that two mercenaries have done, taking out an entire security detail and scuttling a new starship. Tano is familiar with the attackers whom demonstrate force powers similar to the Jedi. Uh, Honoi suggests that one of these intruders once was once a Jedi, and Tano tells Honoi to scan a skull and Shin's lightsabers. So they're, uh, since he's a lightsaber maker he uh probably has records of everybody's lightsaber that he made right or maybe everybody who's ever had a lightsaber well how, how do you bleed it to make it orange i don't know with orange before red maybe i would say red would be the ultimate uh ending of bleeding maybe i don't know i don't know maybe uh maybe you can find an orange uh a kyber crystal. Oh, you just can't cool. find the. You just can't find the red ones. Maybe I don't know. Uh, this is the first time we've ever seen orange ones too. So we don't, you know, we don't know much about them. Uh, okay. So when Sandola asks about the mercenaries' connection to Elizabeth, Tano says that she hires them for plausible deniability. So uh, Elizabeth hires them so she can deny what. What they're doing. Tano also shows Sindela the the golden orb that she uh, she got from the planet, explaining that Elizabeth is interested in the map since she believes that it would lead to the, lo the location of Thrawn, the last Imperial Grand Admiral. Oh, the last one. Sindela is surprised that Thrawn survived the Battle of Lothal, but Tano explains that she heard whispers of his survival. Swindilla asks if she means that Ezra, Ezra Bridger is alive. Uh-oh. Tano's oh, uncertain. From what I remember, from what I remember, he went walking with the whales or something, right? Sort of. That happened around that time, sort of, but um, in the very last episode, uh, Thrawn gives him an offer that if he comes with him, he'll he'll let the others live, basically. So Ezra goes with him on Thrawn's ship. 
It's there, I promise. Uh, Sindulia is surprised that Thrawn survived uh, the Battle of Lothal. Um, Tano is uncertain, but warns that their enemies are also searching for the same map. Uh, Sindula wants to look at the map, but the key required to activate the map eludes Hanoi um, and Tano. Sundula remarks that it never sh it's never straight with a Jedi. A Mon Calamari officer informs Sundula that the Defense Council is requesting an update from her. Uh-oh. Sundula says she will attend the matter and tells Tano she knows who can help her. Tano is uncertain that her friend will be of any help, but Sundula reassures her that she will do, do it for Bridger, for Ezra Bridger. So uh, that's reference to to Ren, right? Sabine, yeah. Sabine. Sabine. Right? There's a celebration happening in Lothal, capital city. It is the seventh anniversary of the Empire's defeat at the hands of Bridger. Bridger helped defeat him. And Governor Ryder Azadi is giving a speech. Uh, that's the guy with the white arm, beard. Right? Huh? He has one arm, right? Uh, I don't think so. You don't think so? I don't remember seeing that. He has a white beard. I know that. Yeah, he has one arm. Huh. I don't see a second arm. He's got it inside his cloak or something, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Azadi credits Bridger for helping to liberate uh, their homeworld and dedicates several monuments, including a mural to his memory that of several rebel leaders as well, which include, uh, you know, our entire clan, which even has, even has, uh, um, the, the big purple guy on there. What's his yeah. name? Eb, Eb, Zeb. Yeah. That's his name. Zeb. Um, yeah. Da, da, da. Uh, he says one of the heroes, commander Sabine would like to say a few words. <laughs> no, she doesn't. When she doesn't turn up, Azadi tells security to do a full perimeter sweep and find Commander Rim by a comm link. In the meantime, Senator Jaquel speaks to the gathered crowd. Meanwhile, Rin rides a speeder bike heading towards the old communication tower, Bridger's old home. The two Republic E-Wings e close in on her pace on either side. Captain Porter and Lieutenant Callahan uh, are the, are the, are in those things. Captain Porter tells her she is missing the anniversary celebration. He tells her, he tells Rin to stand down, but she doesn't listen and says, Hey, was that today? Instead, she accelerates and dives under the other E wing, which is blocking her path and parks ahead on the highway as a, that's parked on the highway as a roadblock. When Rin outflies Callahan and heads to the communication tower. At the communication tower, Rin feeds her pet Lothcat. Well, she then yeah. watches the Lothcat. She then watches the recording of Bridger and he had made before disappearing at the Battle of Lothal. Yeah, the Lothcat. They're uh, indigenous to Lothal. My wife, my my Sarah, Sarah said, "Oh, a kitty." Is that the only thing you notice and like about Star Wars? 
During the recording, Bridger apologizes for disappearing without Helen telling her. He says that as a Jedi, he has to make the decision that no one else can. Bridger regards Rin as a sister and says that he trusts her yeah, to continue the her. fight. He wishes that the Force will be with her. You can see that. She, she doesn't want to be a sister. Mm, she wants to be a lover, undercover lover. Yeah, baby. She wants her lightsabers to tangle. The dangle. Don't cross the streams. Don't cross the streams. <laughs> on uh, on Arcania, you know, the witch planet, Skull, a former Inquisitor named Merrick, Mark, Skull, and a former Inquisitor named Mark, which is the, the one that had the big mask on, yeah. that had the lightsaber that came back to him. So he says his name is Marek, and Haiti, which is the apprentice, and Elizabeth uh, inspect a recently destroyed ruins. When Haiti asks, what is this place? Elizabeth explains that it is an ancient temple built by her ancestors, the Night Sisters of Darth Moor. When Haiti asks, Elizabeth admits she's a witch, and adds that she is a survivor of very few. I think that planet got destroyed at some point. So she's like one of a few that survived. Remember they had the... That's when uh, Ezra was riding the uh, the uh, the big Rancor or something, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, anyway. Okay. Da-da-da-da. She's a yeah, survivor. Skull believes that Tano either stole the map or was, or was vaporized by the assassin droids. He doesn't know for sure. The map was either destroyed or vaporized. Elizabeth knows that Tano survived the blast. When Skull says Tano was, was lucky, Elizabeth says that fate has everything to do with it. She sends Hattie to Lothal to retrieve the map. Hattie seeks... Her master's counsel. Skull tells her to go to Lothal and seek Sabine Wren. That night, Wren has a nightmare about Bridger. When she wakes, she hears a perimeter alert. She goes outside the tower to seek see two X-Wings accompanying Tano's T-6 into the capital city. She's like, oh, visitors. In the capital, Tano parks her t T6 shuttle near the edge of the high tower. When Ren arrives, while Tano was talking to Governor Az Azadi, the uh, bearded guy that might have one arm, when everyone, when he, Azadi says that Ren missed yesterday's ceremonies, Ren replies, "It slipped her mind. I, I don't know." What oh, was happened. that yesterday? Was that yesterday? I don't oh, know. I it was tomorrow. Azadi tells everyone. Missed, tells her that everyone missed her, went, but when Ren replies, no one was there. Not everyone was there. Hanoi also greets Sabine, who recognizes him, and Hanoi tells, says that she has 75% original parts still before returning to the ship. That's the best damn droid ever. Why is that? He's so cool. You don't like you him? Mean you mean... 
He's not cooler than R2-D2? Or maybe... Uh, Within the air. R2-D2's oh. gone right now. No, R2-D2 survives the entire thing. Um, What? You don't like uh, Chopper? Chopper's not yeah. cool? Chopper's cool. Alright. Never mind. You just read it and I'll just keep my opinion to myself. No, you go ahead. I'm just asking you if you like Chopper or not. I don't know. Chopper's you cool. Think- he had that one part. You think uh, Hanoi's better than Chopper is all you're saying, right? Huh? Hello, Chopper. Up, up. Hanoi's better. That R2 unit in that in that spacecraft was pretty cool, too. Yeah, it ducked his head down or something, didn't it? Dropped the bike into low, put it put it in a low rider gear and slid underneath that. He blew he blew a gasket. He's like, "What? You're gonna hit us at all?" Whoa! And as we continue, Azadi tells Rin to listen to what Tano has to say before leaving. Tano then tells Rin that she knows a way to find Bridger. And he shows her the orb. I've got this ball. Look, it's a ball. It's going to help us find Bridger. (laughs) Just to to get her to open it. Yeah, we. I need your help. They both go inside uh, the Ahsoka's T6 shuttle and discuss some things. Ren gazes at a bunk with several wall drawings, including a loath cat, which probably Ezra's bunk. Um, when Ren asks if she is certain about Bridger, uh, the Bridger is still out there. Tano, Tano says nothing is certain, but there is enemy that seeks... There is the enemy that seeks Thrawn, which has led her to the map. To the map. Um, Tano explains she found the map on a on the planet Arcania, a Night Sister stronghold, thousands of years ago. Due to her skills as an artist, Tano sees Ren help seeks Ren's help in deciphering the map. When Ren believes believes there is a code, Tano shares a scan. Of the Night Sister Temple chamber where they found it. When questioned about the home, is Tano describes her soul is at home. Uh, both women blame each other for not making it easy for each other. So they're you know they're still in a tiff and, and can't let go. Tano replies that, that the Jedi way is is hard. What? They're, they're having a bad no mood. Jedi. They're having a bad mood with each other. No Jedi. No Jedi. Yeah, yeah. there's no Jedi. Uh, just then, Hanoi has an update. Hey, I got, a, I got an update. Rin asks for permission to take the map and study it. Tana refuses since she believes the map is not just about finding Bridger, but preventing another war. Uh-oh, we know that's not going to happen. She's going to leave, isn't she? She warns Rin that the map stays aboard the ship before entering the lab to chat with Hanoi. Hanoi has scanned Skull and Hadi's lightsabers. The droid says that he recognizes one of the two hilts which was built in the Jedi style. The one he he knew, knew belongs to Balin Skull, who disappeared at the end of Clone Wars. Like many Jedi did. Hanoi tells Ahsoka that 
Skull was Jedi trained. Uh, Tano surmises that Hadi was Skull's apprentice. He warns Tano that Skull won't be alone for long. When Tano returns to the briefing room, uh, of course, Rin has already left. Uh, with them, oh, no. oh no, she didn't follow instructions. In the meantime, Rin rides her speeder bike back to the old communications tower. A probe droid popped out of, from behind a signal crossing and reported her back to Hatu and the, and two assassin droids who stood miles away on the hilltop. <coughs> so they're watching from a distance. Uh, once Sabine arrives at the communication tower, she gathers some documents and activates a hollow projector. She starts to study the star map and warns her loath cat not to touch the map and begins studying the map for a key. Back on Tano's T6, uh, Hanoi is talking to General Sandella uh, about Rin via, via the hollow projector, so we see a uh, projection. Tano is worried about Rin, but Sandilla tells her to give her some space. Sandilla believes that Rin is the best chance of reading the map. Tano admits that she has difficult relationship with Rin, describing the Mandalorian as stubborn and bullish. Hmm. Aren't huh. all aren't all Mandalorians like that? Uh Sandula attributes these traits to her Mandalorian background. Oh, okay. And says that mentoring her can be a challenge. Uh, recalling that Anakin found her difficult sometimes. Tano says that she walked away from her Jedi training and admits walking away from Rin. Hmm. So she's not running to be a Jedi, basically. She uses her Jedi powers, but she doesn't want to be a Jedi. Okay. Anyway, Rin is still trying to solve the puzzle of the star map behind. At her home, she looks at the holographic map of Arcania, or the Arcania Temple Ruins, which has three figures and faces. Suddenly realizing how to unlock it, Sabine rotates the sides of the round star map, and the map projected on the, on the uh, projects a star map of another galaxy. She went out the door under a balcony, and Sabine then used a pair of binoculars to look at the sky. Uh, Rin says she's going to be going on a trip somewhere out in space. Yeah, so that was interesting. The so the map the map showed a galaxy around the orb, right? Yeah. And then it had a line that projected out to another galaxy that was sideways. Okay. So that's interesting because I think so far in most of Star Wars, we've never gone outside the galaxy. Um, we've always been within the same galaxy. I can't remember of any time that we've gone outside of it at all. Because even Camino and all those places are all in the same galaxy. Corellia, mm -hmm. um, the all those places where we, where they went in the solo movie and uh they did the 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 Karelian run or whatever it was called yeah with that weird uh thing out in space that was uh eating stuff yeah that was all the same galaxy 
I don't think I don't. So this would be the first time we've gone outside the galaxy, which you have to realize that would make it a long, long trip, right? Because we could travel across to our galaxy pretty fast, but traveling to another galaxy is going to be quite a long, long ways, right? Yeah, because you got. I don't know what kind of forces, you know, going from one galaxy to another. No. Well, you mentioned the uh, the Pirelli uh, space whales. Maybe they know how to do it. Yeah, aren't they considered? Aren't they part of time travel? I don't know. I think they might be. We'll see. Uh, okay, so she's going on a trip. Suddenly, the loath cat starts to snarl and growl, and a HK assassin droid attacks the Mandalorian warrior. Ren defeated it, but another droid grabs her from behind. She managed to grab the, a blaster stored in the droid blaster stored on the droid's back and shoots the foot off the HK assassin. Ren manages to break free, but the other droid went inside her home and grabbed the unlocked star map. The HK assassin droid also destroyed Ren's data pads and blasted the consoles Sabine was using. Uh, Sabine told Hanoi that she needs help via comlink. Hanoi, I need help fast. Danger. Ren went inside and gr to grab her lightsaber. She she rushes down stores, stairs and Hottie and the HK droid uh, that is left stand there. Ren ignites her green lightsaber. And Hottie gives... Hadi gives the star map to her HK droid and ignites her reddish-orange lightsaber. The two begin to duel. Jum, 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 jum. Their yeah, blades spark against each other. Their blades spark. Ren tries to retrieve the map, but Hadi is, is a better lightsaber duelist. Ahsoka tries to get to Ren as fast as possible, but it was too late. Ren has raised her lightsaber above her head to Counter-Strike, but Hadi skewered her through the abdomen. Skewered. She forgot to oh, she forgot I to take the her. she forgot to take the lightsaber and, and go up. To kill her. Go up. Cut everything out. Um Hadi was was about to finish Rin, but she saw the two the T six, so Hadi and the and the HK droid ran off. When Rin collapsed to the ground. So she split before she could uh, take the two seconds to pull the blade up and kill her. Yeah. And uh, that's when the credits roll. We get little glimpses of the star map and the credits. So what did you think about that last scene? Uh, you were saying something about Rin and Hadi fighting. It's, it's interesting in that she, I thought Ren was, I I don't know how far Ren was into, you know, studying, but it's obvious she hadn't, she hadn't picked up a lightsaber in a while. Right, right. I, I don't think she was into much. Um, we see her doing some practicing because um, Ezra is trying to teach her and, um, she has lots of troubles, uh, you know, because 
you have to be in tune with your lightsaber, right? Yeah. And I remember in Rebels where Ezra was trying to get her to to calm her mind because she's got that crazy uh, always thinking mind going on and trying to calm her mind so she could use the lightsaber and and you know feel her uh, opponent's next moves and stuff like that. So yeah, yeah she she wasn't that good. So I don't oh, think yeah. she I don't think she really had strong um, force powers. What I don't get, what I don't get, is uh, start is the lightsaber going through you and not killing you. Yeah, we've seen that happen a couple times. They're changing the um, rules. They're changing the rules now. No, not necessarily. Um, we've seen it happen before where someone survived. It just depends on if you have time to get them somewhere to fix them, right? Um, you know, with Han Solo, if you remember seeing it, the lightsaber went in, and then you can physically hear him pull it up a little bit. He's like, mm, uh, and uh, that's what kills Han Solo, as he uh, probably pulled it up to his heart or something. I don't know what he did, but. Because you got to realize that a lightsaber is just going to cauterize everything around it. So yeah. it's, if it doesn't hit anything vital, so it's cauterized. Not so it's not cauterized, but just left a hole. With yeah, it's not, the hole. she's not going to bleed that much because it's all cauterized. Um, like like I said, if they don't hit a liver or a, you know a heart or something, it's That's she's probably going to survive it. She's probably going to survive it. So. All right, so uh, that was a pretty good first episode, I think, too. I liked it. It wasn't it wasn't that fast paced, so it, it kind of had some fast pace, but it was kind of slow. I thought, you know, the dialogue seemed like there was a lot of dialogue than there, you know, yeah. than action. There's still so information. Have, there's still information coming through the dialogue. Yeah, there's a lot of information coming through the through the dialogue. So I've got. Uh, some feedback, like I mentioned, that I pulled off the internet. Not somebody sent us directly, but I pulled it off. So let me play this. Feedback. Feedback. Feedback at kylejohansen.us. That's feedback. K-A-I-L-E-J-O-H-A-N-S-E-N dot U-S. Yeah, so this is uh, actually not from Twitter. It's from a new network that's been um, building that um, was actually funded by Twitter, but uh, the when when Musk took over Twitter, the uh, guy that was sending the funding money was no longer in charge anymore. So um, Jack Dorsey, I think his name was, he was funding this new social network, and it's called Blue Sky. I don't know if you've heard of, about it before, but. Um, it's still in beta. They're not really, uh, it's not, it's not really, it doesn't work very well, some respects, but, um, it works, um, in the respect that you can post things and whatever, like you can on Twitter. Um, so this guy's from there. His name is Mike, uh, Mike question, um, from blue sky. He says, uh, Ahsoka master and Prentice. Good. I'm, I'm not super lost as, as I was led to believe I would be for having not watched Rebels. I love the radical 
Radically inclusive and diverse leading cast. Sabine's cool, and I'm looking forward to getting to know Ezra if they do find him. Rosario is the perfect lead for any show. And then he has uh, clapping hands or whatever at the end. So so this guy hasn't hasn't watched any of the Rebels and still likes it. Which, I don't know. I've also heard things uh, on uh, this Blue Sky and Twitter that peop- there were a lot of people that were confused because they hadn't watched any of the Clone Wars or the Rebels. And I can see that. There's some stuff that seems to be missing, but not really. I, I don't think it really slows down the pot- plot line or anything like that. Do you? No. Nope. I mean, you've seen it, but it's been a long time. Yeah. And... Um, well, I've know, watched like some rebels. I've watched some rebels in the last two or three weeks. Yeah, yeah, I have too. I watched a little bit too, but um, I think uh, I think our buddy uh, um, Rick has been watching quite a bit of it because he's been trying to really? catch up a little bit. Um, <laughs> I don't think he he found something on on Facebook that said these are the recommended episodes to watch. Um, before the show, and he hasn't watched them all. I think is what's happened. So, yeah. so, go ahead. He's I never going to get them all. I, I, I guess he's like takes all recommendations or something. Not always. He just wanted to. He didn't want to feel like he was lost. Basically, I think is what it was. Yeah. Um. Well, all the rebels is good. Yeah, it is. It is. It's but, really good. You know, and, I think the, the problem. You should start at the beginning. You know, I know, like I agree. on Disney Plus. You know, they have the must watch. Yep. You know, I think that's Rebels. part of what he watched. The Rebels, like I guess that's the list probably that he's watching. So that could be the list. Yeah, yeah, it could be. And um, uh, he said he didn't have time to watch it all. basically, but um. I agree. I mean, Rebels is good, but there's a lot of it on there. It's like uh, five seasons of Rebels, and there's more than 10 shows each season. There's like 22, 24 shows each season or something, except at the end. The end, they get down to a short few. Like, I think there's 12 or something on the fifth season or whatever. Anyway, uh, so we we did the feedback. We need your feedback desperately. Um, we have an email address that was mentioned, uh, feedback at kylejohansen.us, K-A-I-L-E-J-O-H-A-N-S-E-N.us. Um, we also have a link on our website that'll pull open a form that you can fill out uh, and send us your feedback. Um, we're on Twitter at super underscore duper underscore pod. Uh, we're on Blue Sky at Rebel Alliance Briefing Room, which that one makes it easy. And, of course, um, we're on YouTube, and we'll have a video of this uh, on YouTube where you can make comments there as well. Tell me how ugly I am and how I squint. What? Tell me how ugly I am and how I squint all the time, but I can't help it. Well... I'm my eyes are always tired. It's because I'm how, how pretty Kyle is. I don't sleep very well. Pretty what? <laughs> Maybe they can comment about all the junk I've got in my office. 
like my work computer. Stop um, bringing up your work computer. <laughs> well, you were talking about it earlier. It's a top secret, Clarence. <laughs> um, no. So yeah, so that's our uh, that's our episode for the first um, episode. So we're gonna yeah, we're gonna take a break and run this outro clip and go to the next one. Thank you for listening to the Rebel Alliance Briefing Room podcast. Please visit our website where you can play current and past episodes. That's https colon backslash backslash r-a-b-r kyledrickinson.us that's r-a-b-r dot k-a-i-l-e j-o-h-a-n-s-e-n dot u-s On the left hand side is a navigation menu. You can use this to learn how to load the Rebel Alliance Briefing Room podcast on your Android or Apple phone and tablet. And we have direct links to our podcast on Apple and Google Podcasts. Please participate by connecting to our social media, answering questions of the week, or submitting feedback directly from the site. Again, all of these are available at the Rebel Alliance Briefing Room website at r-a-b-r-k-a-i-l-e-j-o-h-a-n-s-e-n-dot-u-s. This podcast in no way is approved, sponsored, or owned by Lucasfilms LTD, Disney, Disney Plus, or any of its subsidiaries. All opinions are solely owned by Kyle and or Scott, and in no way express the views or opinions of their past or present employers. Views and opinions are not supported or restricted by Lucasfilms, LTD, Disney, Disney Plus, or any of its subsidiaries. Any rebroadcast, reproduction, or any or other use of this podcast and its affiliate sites without consent of SuperDuper Podcast Network and its host is prohibited. I am Kyle Johnson, and this is Andrew Scott Smith. Say goodbye now. Bye-bye. 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 Peace out.